Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks. Five Reasons Sports, your home for South Florida sports news. It has been a while. We apologize for the delay. I believe the last podcast we did was kind of our quick emergency pod, uh, the passing of legendary, should-be college football Hall of Fame head coach Howard Snellenberger. That was Shane Knight on the pod. But there's been plenty of football happenings, plenty of on-field football happenings between these two programs. Eric Henry, FIE beat writer for SB Nation, joined, got a full house today. Jane Marinelli, all things FAU for the FAU Owls Nest, and our FIU superfan, Mr. David Handel. Boys, uh, how's it going, man? And before we jump into, you know, breaking down these spring games and things, we've talked about it. I feel like it's been a while since all three of us have been on, man. Uh, Shane, what's uh, what's new, buddy? Oh, not much. You know, we're about to hit the uh, the Wild West recruiting. Things are going to open up June first, so it's 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 going to be wild. So just kind of looking forward to that and. You know, just trying to enjoy a summer unlike last year. So almost normally I'm really starting to get anxious for football. I'm kind of, you know what? I'm not quite there yet. Just just want to let this summer play out and enjoy it. Hondo, I had a chance to catch up with you yesterday, man. What's, what's going on? I know, no, it was good seeing you um, yesterday at the spring game. I, I was kind of on the same boat as Shane. I was like, you know, the football fever hasn't hit yet. But yesterday at spring game, it kind of the juices started flowing a bit. I'm 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 pretty, pretty pretty excited to you know have some football back. But um, but yeah, man. Other than that, you know, just working and doing school shit. Um, so that's super fun. Sorry for the the, the words, kids that are listening. <laughs> say any chance that we're gonna keep this episode PG just went right out the window. Thanks to our super producer, <laughs> Mister David Handel. If he wants to bleep it out, he can. If not, kids. Uh, Tough. You'll learn eventually. <laughs> um, going to go ahead and jump right into, like I said, jump to some things that we, uh, we've we missed. We are taping Saturday morning. Oh, gosh. You can tell I made the drive down to South Florida and drove back the same night. I, I could not remember what month it is. It is April 17th. Uh, we are taping the day after the FIU spring game, but FAU had their spring game a couple weeks ago. We definitely need to start with them. Have not talked about the Owls in uh, a while as far as on the field happening, so Shane, I want to let you go ahead and just kind of give your thoughts on what you uh, saw out there, um, and then I will kind of jump in with uh, you know a couple follow up questions. Uh you know the offense looked better in the spring game than any point it did last year. So I guess that's a uh, you know it, it, you know and this is kind of judging on a spring game scale. Typically, you know, for fans who don't know, and, and almost any level of football, you theoretically want your defense to be ahead of your offense in spring. Uh, if your offense is way ahead of your defense in spring, you're going to have defensive issues that year. Is that, is that a fair statement? It's just, you know, defense is a little simpler to learn or, you know, uh, and usually it takes offenses a while to get going. Uh, you know, it's a little tough to tell because FAU kind of split the roster with the draft. So it's like you didn't have a, you know, you're, you're, what would be your five starting linemen? You know, it, you know, you had two separate units, maybe two, three starters on one side, uh, two, three starters on another. The defense obviously was split as well. So they weren't facing a quote unquote true number one defense. Uh, but, you know, it was nice to see some big plays. Johnny Ford had a 70 yard reception. Uh, Michael Johnson Jr. had two really nice passes for touchdowns. I mean, he was like five or six for, I believe, 
over a hundred yards and a touchdown, a couple of nice runs. Uh, you know, for a spring game is a pretty clean game. Yes, Shane, I'll go ahead and just kind of piggyback off what you said there. And I think you start to ask about the offense versus defense as far as where each unit should kind of in theory be. And I would agree with you, especially when you have a quarterback competition. You know, it's not like, for example, if you're right now, uh, apologies to both fan bases here on the podcast. I'm watching the Miami spring game as we're taping this, right? So it's not like in well, oh, DRP. Oh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm just like the FIU alumni uh, uh, tweet, uh, Twitter, right? But that's another topic for another day. Um, it, to, the example I'm using is like if Derek King were out there and healthy, you would expect the offense to be a little bit ahead of the defense because they have an established quarterback and you know, kind of bringing back a lot of talent. But in most times, Shane, yes, that defense is probably going to be ahead of the ahead of the game, especially, like I said, when you have a quarterback competition and a new offensive coordinator. So that is that is true. Want to uh, piggyback a name you, you mentioned there, Shane, Johnny Ford. He's been an intriguing name. Obviously, I had a chance to see a lot of him at USF. Uh, definitely that program's kind of – been rebuilding, but he has been a guy who stood out in that uh, rebuilding process. Excuse me, process. Want to ask? We know about the talent in FAU's backfield. Where is he going to kind of fit? Is he going to be a jack of all trades? I mean, it's early. You know, I'm not asking for a, a definitive answer, but uh, he seems just from the naked eye, at least you know, from kind of my read on things, he can kind of be like a, another spark plug, like a D'Angelo Antoine. I mean, maybe not a full time receiver, but just someone who can kind of just you know be shifty and and make plays whenever uh, the ball's in his hands. Yeah, uh, that was kind of, that's what he was be here for. I mean, let's just, you know, with the 25-man cap rule, after he was going to take two running backs last year. Uh, you know, they took Zaburi Moley, the running back in Northwestern, who did score in the spring game and looked excellent. Uh, but, you know, at the end, they kind of decided to go to the portal, and, you know, they kind of moved on for Alabama high school running back, Reginald Davis, and took Ford because, you know, to realize – uh, especially with all the injuries in the backfield last year, they just didn't have enough guys that uh, kind of just made the play on their own. Uh, you know, Willie Taggart, you know, made a point on Ford's big play, the 70 yard play. He said they blocked it wrong. A guy actually missed the block. Uh, Lane Kiffin always talked about that, right? You know, with Devin Motor Singletary's like, you know, you know how many plays we, we block wrong. And Devin Motor Singletary just makes a cut and scores a touchdown. He goes, <laughs> it's like, uh, he goes that, you know, that, that play was more about recruiting than it was about coaching. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I just, I always say this with people, uh, you know, there's a, there's a basketball quote where, you know, a, a famous head coach, and I can't remember the name is talking about, uh, you know, we, you draw an inbound play in the final three, you know, 10 seconds of a basketball game. And you, you have one guy inbounded in and pass to another guy. And then that's when recruiting takes over. Cause that guy just has to make a play. And Ford's just that guy, you know, he, when it's third and five and a line, you know, a linebacker shoots to the gap, he needs to make that guy miss and cut. And, and they just didn't have that last year. And it was so tough for every FAU. Every play needed to be, almost executed perfectly, which is a tough ask, uh, for them to, you know, to pick up yardage. And, you know, they just didn't have big plays last year. They did, they did it. Every drive had to be 12, 14, um, plays. And when you live that life, I don't care who you are, 12, 14 plays, you're going to give up a sack. There's going to be a holding penalty. There's going to be a false start. Someone's going to drop a pass. 
And you're only just increasing the chances that drive's just going to come to an end. So it's nice a couple times a game when you can pick up 50, 70 yards. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think he's going to be kind of that guy. Um, just for a note, Malcolm Davidson and Larry McCammon are fine. They were held out of the spring game just for obvious reasons with their kind of injury history. And, you know, those, those are guys with a little less to prove. Um, and it's just more about keeping them healthy. Shane, I want to ask you one question defensively, and then I'll transition to a little bit of the FIU spring game. We'll probably bounce back a little bit back and forth. But uh, I put out a article of, let's say about a month and a half ago, talking about potential defensive player of the year candidates. And I, I mentioned Achilles Leroy. Uh, that was a, a little did I know I was stepping into a bit of a minefield. Uh, I believe it was it's our old co-host, Jake Elman, who retweeted that uh, he thought that Jalen Joyner, um, or maybe even uh, Chase Lask as well should have been on that list. And uh, I'm not rehashing that argument, but the question I am asking is this. What, uh, in your opinion, are fair expectations for Achilles Leroy uh, you know, throughout the offseason? And last year we saw the free Kiki movement. Uh, he uh, apparently has been freed. What are well, fair expectations? He's still, got, he's still got another step. He's like almost there. All right. Okay. He's like with the T, but there's still like, I don't know. I don't to get into the super details, but you know, um, yeah, it's, it's looking good, but you know, in these situations, you never kind of hold your, you don't want to hold your breath. You know, no, no, no. I, 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 yeah. I appreciate you, you know, making the clarification there. The question I just was going to ask you, Shane is okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll pref, I'll, I'll couch the question in the event that Kiki mm-hmm. is a hundred percent freed. What are fair expectations for him, uh, in your opinion, uh, in terms of his defense? I mean, I, I was I. I'm not looking for validation and whether I was right or wrong for including him in this list. I'm asking for the purposes of, you know, what we knew of him the last time he saw the field. Do you think that type of production would be a fair expectation, or should we dial those expectations back uh, as far as what he may be able to bring to the team? Uh, I think we should just dial it back. I mean, the other linebackers are really good. Um, they're they're deep. They're probably their deepest position on the team deeper than running back. I could make maybe a line that they have the potential to be that deep, but linebacker is just loaded. I mean, if you had to move a couple guys to quote unquote fullback this year, they moved a couple linebackers. They just have so many good young Eddie Williams, Chase Laster, Darius Moultrie made plays in the spring game. Uh, you know, that, you know, they obviously bring in Keyshawn green this year, you know, so it's just, linebacker you it's been kind of been for FAU uh so I think a little bit you know I think um and just kind of seeing FAU strength coach is really visible and you see these guys making all these gains in the weight room and you know all the speed stuff and Kiki's I guess I don't know exactly kind of been there for that but not exactly so it's just tough to see you know what expectations what type of shape he's in there is an advantage uh you know Everyone in the FAU defense is learning a new system, so he won't be as far behind, uh, you know, with what kind of stoops, you know, just a few practices and catch up. But, you know, he's so naturally talented and gifted at football, and he's his game kind of lends well to just coming back. He just fills holes, makes plays. You know, he'll just get out there. He's one of those guys where football just comes naturally to him. Uh, But where they kind of use him is interesting. I I pointed this out – and on the FAU Owls Nest, you can see there's a little bit of planning for Kiki, though. Uh, there was a few plays where Chase Lasseter lined up at the end of the line in the scrimmage and rushed the passer like a stand-up defensive end. Uh, 
right? You know, if he's a little thinner at that position, or just, I should say, not thinner, they're just younger, you know, with the loss of Lee McCarthy. So maybe there's a little thinking of like, okay, how do we get, you know, how do we make sure our best players are on the field all the time? Kiki and Lasseter are the same position, but, you know, they're two of the strongest players on defense. You know, let's move around. Let's see what, you know, what else he could do so we could have all these guys on the field. So I think there's going to be a little bit of experimenting with that. David, want to go ahead and jump into the FIU spring game. You were at the cage. You made your illustrious return to the cage. Uh, you were bouncing around. I, I caught you at the 50-yard line. I caught you at section 112. Um, you know, how, first off, how, how good it feel to be back in the cage? And then secondly, from your perspective, uh, what did you see out there from the things that you were looking for from the, the Panthers as far as the questions heading into the spring and maybe uh, exiting the spring? It, well, I'll tell you what, it, it did feel good because I, I had only gone to, I think, one game last year. So I hadn't I hadn't been in the cage in a long time, and it felt good to see the – That's, that's kind of lucky, David. It, you're, that's <laughs> lucky for you. <laughs> well, the reason I only went to one game was because last year wasn't actually a season. We only actually had one game. We, were, we only had one game. So oh, okay. My, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was also good to see like the, the FIE fanatics out there and, you know, catch up with them. Um, and you know, Alvin Kamara making a cameo appearance at, at the spring game, which was, I thought was super random, but super cool, I guess. <laughs> um, but besides that, I mean, I'm going to piggyback on Shane's point that he mentioned earlier about, I guess it's a good sign. Um, if the defense looks better than the offense, because the offense scored zero points. So, um, so I guess wait the I, whole I will, spring game. Yes, dude, we had zero, no score. There was, a, and we also missed, I think, two or three field goals. Eric, two, right? Two was, field goals, one by Lucas Matthias, one by Chase Gabriel. Yo, uh, <laughs> at, at that point, Butch Davis needs to tell a corner to fall down and let like a deep pass that you you need. <laughs> no, and, and it was you know the, the first drive uh, <laughs> they had, they drove it down like you know pretty convincingly. It was it was a really good drive. And then they got stopped at like the two yard line four times. So <laughs> oh, that, that that first scripted drive, they just they they, they <laughs> yeah. Just gonna go ahead and but, chime uh, in really quick, David. I'm I'm gonna let you jump back in really quick here. I'm just gonna just gonna opine, okay? It, it, it's comments like the ones that Shane Manelli just made. <laughs> Why any chances of a Butch Davis appearing on this podcast just keeps sinking and sinking by the day. <laughs> but he would never, man. Butch would never. Uh, I was working on it yesterday until this one, but uh. <laughs> Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead, David. <laughs> no, but um, so I guess I mean the defense. Well, to be fair, also um, I guess yesterday's spring game, like it wasn't a fair like barometer just because there were a ton of guys that just didn't play, um, a ton of like starters that didn't play. Uh, I, I I know some of them pri- like did some of the drills, but none uh, some of them like Price didn't participate in the actual game and stuff. But um, for positives, I mean the main positive that you know it's just kind of been like this the last you know last year specifically it's just the depth at running back I mean um as I said Price didn't play but there were some guys that you know were making plays like I, I believe it was it was Keyjohn Owens who got a lot of carries or maybe it was it was Wilson I, I don't know one one of them looked like you know really really good and he he didn't you know as someone who didn't you know play a lot uh, last season um you know they they played pretty well yesterday and it just shows that we're going to probably rely heavily on the run again um, no quarterback really, you know, stood out to me, um, yesterday. I know, um, you know, Hayden Carlson and, and Max pretty much 
got the first and second team snaps, but neither one kind of stood out. But hopefully that that gets you know uh, fixed you know before the season starts and we actually you know pick a quarterback. But um, yeah, nothing I really saw yesterday was like anything crazy. Nothing, you know, it was just kind of like a yeah, uh, just got to hang out with some FIU fans and Eric and you know talk some talk some talk. So. That was that. That's my takeaway from a, a not very exciting spring game. But then again, also there were a lot of guys missing, so that's what I'll be using as my my excuse for yesterday. You guys are kind of in the uh, go. No, go ahead, Shane. Please jump in. I, Eric, I, 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 my question with the guys are missing. This is just sort of from a curiosity. Do you think it was it just precautionary or just? Uh, um, no, I. I, I I, I can answer that for you. So there are some of those that are precautionary. Um, Alexi Jean-Baptiste has not participated in the majority of the spring. Rivaldo Fairweather fractured his arm. Uh, he, yeah. The last we heard, Butch Davis said six to eight weeks, but I was told I, that, uh, you know, he doesn't have a cast on him, was actually a part took in a pre-media photo shoot uh, as, as, as early or as, as recently, excuse me, as a uh, tongue-tied were as recently as early this week. So um, those are some guys who, you know, they, uh, that wasn't precautionary. They were going to be out, but now guys like Dorian Hall, um, Shamar Thornton, those guys were, were precautionary. Those guys like, Hey, you know, they're, they're banged up uh, a little bit banged up. We don't want to, you know, put them out there unnecessarily when you kind of know what you have. And also Butch Davis is, has been emphatic and, you know, to his credit, he showed it there yesterday he wants to get as many of those second and third team guys reps as, as possible with them being so young. So that hopefully answers your question. Okay. I, I, I just, I, I understand. I don't know how many guys exactly were out. I just, you know, kind of in my head with FIU's offensive coordinator being so new, it just feels like, man, every kind of rep matters at this point with every starter you can. So, you know, I get like, especially after last year with all the injuries and COVID and everything last year, we had on side of precaution, but it's, you know, I, I, there's, there has to be a line where it's like, you know, we need reps. Well, Shane, here's actually what's, what's interesting about it. And, you know, this is just my list by, by my eye count. The majority guys who, you know, were not suited up were on defense. I mean, the key guys. Okay. The key guys who, who didn't participate in the spring, I mean, obviously Price Price participated in the seven-on-seven warm-ups but didn't take any real snaps or didn't take any snaps um, in the game. Shamar Thornton and Fairweather um, were the two main offensive guys. You got Jean-Baptiste, uh, Donovan George, um, Jamal Anderson. Why is Donovan George on my article twice? Got to fix that. Uh, Dor- Dorian Hall, Jason Mercier. So it was a lot of, uh, a lot of defensive guys to kind of piggyback. Yeah, that. you're making this sound even worse for the offense. Eric is not <laughs> helping the, <laughs> to, get the well, to, to, to be fair too, there's like a, obviously a ton of offensive guys missing too. But yeah, Eric, you're, yeah, you're not you're not making it sound well, any better. You, you just you just sold out, uh, David's chalking it up to guys being out. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's what I'll say, and I'll, I'll piggyback off of what David said because I did want to ask one more question before I kind of jump into you know my uh, POV on, on things. I think uh, from what he said, as far as the running back def, I, I have to agree. And it's one of the things I've said, you know, really throughout this entire offseason. I think the formula for this team is what I'm going to call butch ball. It's going to be, and if sorry, you know, if it sounds coach speak or dry, it's going to be running the football. It's going to be winning the line of scrimmage and, you know, kind of creating turnovers and or limiting the turnovers on offense. I think that's going to be the formula for this team while the quarterbacks come, come yeah. to come to. 
Yeah, I can hear Shane Oh, my God. Just bully ball. Calm down, Dave Wanstat. Where's Jay Fiedler when you need him? Yeah. Listen, listen. How to waste four Hall of Famers' careers on Dean. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. So far on this FIU team, I uh, I don't see any Jason Taylors or Zach Thomases quite yet, you know, or even um uh, Devontae Price would be the closest thing to Ricky Williams. That's going to be the formula. Uh give yeah. me 20 seconds Shane and I'll I'll, I'll tie this thing back up uh, really quick. So, I I also think that's going to be the formula and with the running back death, it was really encouraging because I had a question that with Sean Peterson being out where did the running back stand? Because Sean Peterson really showed flashes, in my opinion, to being that one-two punch with, with Price. Flex Joseph took four carries. Uh, the fact that K.J. Owens and uh, E.J. Wilson, those guys are looking good as well. So at least the yeah. running backs that you know Butch Davis is known for throughout his career as far as having great running backs, uh, that death is looking to come you know, kind of fruition. But the quarterback situation is what it is. You know, I, I think that's something. I had Hayden Carlson a one of five. I had Max Bortenschlager a three of five for 28 yards. And Kalen Wiggins at three of six. Uh, biggest thing, Kalen, uh, you know, at least from the from the few throws that we saw, still, you know, a work in progress as a passer. And I don't think that's shocking to anyone. I think this was a little bit, maybe, I don't want to say unsurprising, but Hayden still looks like a redshirt freshman. He looked a little bit indecisive there in the pocket and then had some, you know, times we had to roll out and kind of just get rid of the ball. So we'll see what happens. And Max Bortenschlager, you know, for all things considered, at least looked better than he did last year and was steady. Unfortunately, as David noted and Shane, you know, made the point of a of ridiculing uh, the drive that that he had engineered stalled out the one yard line, so that was kind of disappointing. David, I want to ask you this really quick, and I'll let Shane jump back in. A name that we keep hearing on offense, you know, as a guy to watch, is number zero, Tyrese Chambers. Um, we've obviously had a lot of receiver talk. We've had a lot of, you know, much ballyhooed, uh, well hyped receiver talk on this podcast. Uh, I know this is you. Yeah, exactly. Right. And this was your first chance to kind of get a chance to see him. And by my count, you only had one catch for 10 yards, you know, yeah. but obviously it was only a couple, couple drives. He was out there. Um, did he kind of catch your eye out there at receiver? Um, well, to, to be honest, I, I, I obviously I knew, you know, like I was looking out for him, and, but he only really had one catch. But I don't really put that fully on him. Uh, as you said, no quarterback <laughs> had any really like, you know, huge day. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, was, was he was he taking back punts or, or Tyrese Chambers uh, was, was also back there taking that that was him, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he was at least you know making like you know plays more there just because he only you know had one catch in the game. But um, but yeah, I mean he he you know from what I saw, I was actually watching him in the, in the receiver drills too, and he I mean he looks good. I mean there's there's nothing too much to say just because once again he you know I didn't see too much go to him um but i'm excited for him 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 being paired up um you know with shamar thornton is going to be nice um and you know we once again i've I've stated this on other pods too we have the playmakers we just got to be able to get the ball in their hands so that's that's going to be the main focus going forward jane you uh you got anything else or yeah, I I think FIU's. I mean, I don't understand that uh, you know, with the running running the ball. I, I, my biggest question is with how does the O line look? I understand you know there's been a little bit of turnover there, huh? 
That is, that is a great question. Great question, Shane. Yeah, that, I think that, I mean, we could talk, you know, loaded backfields. And trust me, I've been through this with FAU. And even last year, the O-line was kind of young and some guys were moving around. So the running game didn't, they couldn't lean on it as much as they probably could. But, you know, if that O-line's not clicking, it ain't going to matter, you know, if you did have Ricky Williams back there. I want to go ahead and jump in on Shane's point because I think it's a really good one. So we have not talked about the transfer. And Shane, you know what? Really quick, before I, I, I go on, on FIU's transfers, uh, I may have missed uh, a few, or, or if I have or haven't, let me know. Have we missed any FAU transfers in the last month or six weeks, or are we still pretty much um, solid on, on that front? We're solid. There's not a single scholarship player that played over two downs last year has entered the portal as of now for FAU. So awesome. Just wanted to go ahead and make sure I had that double check before I went on an FIU's transfer. So uh, to Shane's point, the big loss is Mershon Miller. You know, uh, that's a guy who coach Joel Rodriguez firmly said, you know, would have been firmly entrenched, excuse me, uh, would have been firmly entrenched as one of those starters and a guy who's going to get a lot of snaps on the old line. We all know his story. Miami central kid was, was uh, one of the players along with Anthony Jones, who was injured in the drive by shooting. And uh, he missed most of, I believe, his redshirt freshman season, came back to really be a pivotal part of the offensive line over the past few years. And uh, with Mershon, uh, you know, that's a big loss. And also with Jose Mirabal, I mean, I, with him, you can't necessarily say it's a big loss or not. You know, a really highly touted three-star guy out of Miami who never saw the field at FIU. Uh, I think the fact of the matter is Shane brings up a really good point in terms of depth. David, I'm just going to read this off to you, and I'll get your thoughts really quickly. J.D. Gomez, the transfer from uh, Temple. You got Appy Main, which is going to be one of the best names in college football. And, and excuse me, I don't know if I said it right, so I got to get clarification from uh, Tyson Rogers there. But that's the, the transfer from Kansas. Dante Keys, the transfer last year from North Carolina A&T. Sione Fanau, probably, you know, we know uh, FIU fans know the established product, the guard from Texas, mm-hmm. Keller, Texas. Miles Frazier. Really yeah, Miles Frazier uh, at tackle. Lindell Hudson, I think, is probably one of the better tackles uh, as far as being a guy who's really steady and really improving in Conference USA. But that's two for six guys that has gave you who I think are probably going to be in the rotation. We've all said that that rotation probably needs to be closer to eight or nine. Um, Joel Rodriguez and company are really high on Julius Pierce to the point where they're not 100% sure that he's going to be the center because they think he's capable of playing guard or tackle. You got Jamari Sylvester and Shamar Habdi Lee, but those are all guys who, while promising, haven't played any snaps. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be a big thing, David. I just want to get your thoughts on it really quickly. I thought it was, you know, really poignant that Shane noted uh, noted that there. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they looked good yesterday. Um, you know, the running lanes were open. Um, you know, I, I don't believe there was a sack yesterday. <laughs> can, I, can I get um, a joke here? Can I? Please, please do. Oh God, go! Does Eric know where I'm going with this? I mean, running lanes being open against FIU is. <laughs> I, 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 knew, I, I I knew where where Shane was going. If I said please do. you know i know the fiu fans are eye rolling but you know i I had to get it in right (laughs) david whether or not the panthers are in you know mid-season form is up for debate shane marinelli is in mid-season form with his uh fiu uh trolling (laughs) continue to run go ahead basically no i was just kind of you know now, now I can't even with a straight face say that you know they they look good. Run because now in the back of my mind, I'm now thinking of the run defense. 
Um, but no, I mean, I, I mean, they, you know, looked solid yesterday, but I do agree that, you know, the way that we play, we do need at least an eight man rotation. And so I'm curious to see who, who else is going to be able to step up uh, on that line. I will do two things here. I will note Shane's point about the run defense. The fact of the matter is this kind of thin on the defensive line. Obviously, you know, Jean Baptiste, Jason Mercier didn't play yesterday. The last member of the Ron Turner era has chosen to pursue his adult life. Uh, Andrew Tarver, kid out of Powder Springs, Georgia, would have been a seventh-year player, if memory serves me corrected, seventh or sixth. Uh, he's no longer with the roster, so, I mean, no longer with the team, so definitely some some holes there on the O-line. And then I, I will say this. want to uh, bounce this question to both you, David, and Shane, and we'll wrap it up from here. Uh, David, outside of the quarterback competition, I think that's the obvious what is the one thing that you would definitely be keeping your eye on as far as just a question thing that kind of gives you pause about this team entering 2021 that, that you'll be kind of keeping your eye on as we head into fall? Well, I mean, hate to bring it back. As Shane just mentioned, it's, it's the <laughs> run defense and that front seven just in general. Um, that's who I'm going to be because I'm not, I'm not too worried about our secondary. It's the front seven that, that I'll definitely be, you know, keeping a close eye on. And uh, yeah, I mean, besides the offense, uh, I mean, on the offensive side, you know, besides the quarterback competition, I mean, I think we're kind of, you know, we've got, we have weapons and, you know, we've got good receivers. We've got two good tight ends and a great running game. So th- those are two the two things that, I mean, I feel like we say this every year, at least the past th- two seasons, but it's the run defense and the quarterbacks. So let's see, let's see how it goes. Shane, same question for you. With regards to FAU, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, obviously the quarterbacks, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll also just get the next couple of months. We'll see what other final kind of roster moves FAU may or may not make. Um, something, you know, we've been hinting at <laughs> for like, seems like months now. Uh, but yeah, I, I just want to see, you know, there was the offense looked a little different in its style under Michael Johnson Jr. And just that kind of stuff with some videos, you know, that was, kind of coming out that you saw on social media that, you know, a few athletics put out, uh, it seems like there's a little bit, there could be a little bit more pro involved in certain situations. You know, obviously FEU, like I said, move guys to the fullback. So, you know, I really want to see how that kind of plays out, you know, but, uh, I, I'm like, it. I'm just most excited to see, uh, what the ceiling is on this defense. I, it, it, it has a chance to be, the best in school history when you factor the seniors coming back and just all the talents and you know and now you got to remember Malcolm Lamar who's a Florida State transfer is able to play this year uh you know had to sit last year so that only adds another piece to the D-line it's it, it has a chance to be truly remarkable so I'm just looking uh what type of potential you know they can reach up to I will close it on this. I know to the FIU fans who said that last year didn't happen, y'all weren't the ones taking an Uber from Nashville to Bowling Green. That's all I got to say. On that note, you can find this podcast on Twitter at ShulaBowlPod. You can find uh, the podcast at ShulaBowlPod.podbean.com. You can find us on Twitter. First off, was that David? No, that was me. What, what's oh. more depressing, the flight home from Vegas or the Uber from Nashville to Bowling Green? Oh, 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 that's an easy answer. The Uber from Nashville to Bowling Green, without question. I don't know. Dang. 
That, that flight home from Vegas is <laughs> the, 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 usually one of the saddest things on earth. <laughs> no, because the flight home from Vegas, like, that can go one of two ways. There's a possibility no, that you there's can... No, like, there's you, no two ways about how that's going. <laughs> no, Shane, Shane, as my dad would say, only fugitives should be taking a Uber from Nashville to Bowling Green that far. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, Does and it really, get okay. darker, like... It, the weather could be exactly the same forecast early an hour apart, like, you know, 70 degrees and sunny. But as you get into Bowling Green, it becomes overcast no matter what. <laughs> Listen, I don't think I've told this story on the pod. Um, I know I've told it to you guys off. I think I've told it on the pod. You know what my dumbass didn't realize you can't do in Lynchburg, Virginia on Sunday morning? Let's order an Uber. So I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to dis. Oh, my, I got a 730 flight to Charlotte. Then, you know, Charlotte back home. I'll just go to you- Uber. It's a it's a one gate airport in Lynchburg. I'm like, yeah, Wait, I, I, you can't order an Uber till noon. Shane, Shane, no one drives Uber in Lynchburg <laughs> on Sundays. Have I not told the story to you guys? No, no, dude. Okay, all right. So we were wrap up the pod, but now give me uh, five minutes. So By the way, okay. I'm keeping this in. I'm keeping this yeah, in. No, 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 no. Keep this in. Keep this in. So yes, you guys remember we did a um the podcast that afternoon or that evening after the game. All right. I ordered my, you know, crappy lasagna as I tend to do, like whatever. Uh, no disrespect to like Lynchburg or Murfreesboro. I just stop ordering like ethnic food in places like that and just order the chicken yeah. tenders and fries. That's the first thing. Uh, second thing, right? Um, all right. So I got a 7:30 flight out of Lynchburg. It's a one-gate airport, as I mentioned. So it's not like you got to worry about any real traffic or anything, right? So I wake up at five something. I'm like, all right, I'll get to the, you know, the airport an hour, an hour, whatever for my flight. I punch an Uber. Nothing. Nothing nothing's popping up. I go and I call taxi service. They're laughing saying, Oh yeah, you want to call a taxi on Sunday morning in Lynchburg? You got to request that two days or 48 hours in advance. So now I'm panicking thinking I'm not gonna have to walk in the dark, which the airport was about five or six miles. Do I got to up a hill. Do I got to walk in the dark to the airport? I go down to the front desk. I'm like, is there a shuttle service or anything? They're like, nah, not here on Sunday mornings. Dude, I start walking in the dark in Lynchburg for about 15, 20 minutes. I'll say I made it about a half mile. Then I get a hit. The one kid who goes to Liberty, who does not subscribe to the Liberty uh, uh, doctrine, who uh, decides to drive Uber, he's like, dude, yeah. He picked me up on the side of the road. He's like, yeah, I'm the only person who drives Uber in Lynchburg until like after 11 something. Wow. That's the, I mean, <laughs> there, there had to have been a lot of thoughts of, man, I, I'm really happy to live in, in, in Metro city in Florida as you were walking up that hill to an airport. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is why I always say when you guys are quick to say last year didn't happen. Oh, trust me. That bitch happened last year. I can tell you that much for a fact. Uh, Cause I remember Probably the best game. Well, at least that was the best game FI you probably played it, all year. It, 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 it was it was the best game. It was the best game. Uh, all right, with that, <laughs> and with that, I mean, I'm sure I've told the the the, the stories about the flight into Lynchburg, and never mind. But I, I'll we'll still, I'll save them for another podcast. Um, as always, you can find the podcast. Or excuse me, you can find Five Reason Sports on Twitter at the number Five Reason Sports. You can find the fellas on Twitter at Mister Hondo three two one. Shane at Marinelli Shane, myself at Eric C. Henry underscore. Thank you for listening. Guys, really quick. The only way we can help this podcast grow is through your feedback. So leave us 
uh, reviews, whether it's in our DMs, on Podbean, iTunes, wherever you hear us, feel free to leave reviews and uh, feel free to give us a retweet. That'd be much appreciated. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching, everybody, and stay safe out there.